think that the more people with the wet fly swing that I get into fly fishing, the more people will, will learn about conservation. And also now with the Outdoors Online podcast, which is focused for fly fishing companies and outdoor brands, the more of those companies that I help become successful, the more they will also teach and bring more people into it. So I'm a big fan. I'm not worried about bringing more people. And I'm kind of the, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships, you know, and that goes with everything I do. You know, like I want more podcasts out there. I want more fly fishing, but I'm not worried about competition. You know what I mean? So, so for me, it really comes down to that overarching conservation. I don't even talk about it that much on the podcast, um, which is kind of funny, but that's where I'm coming from. I'm always thinking about that are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger than life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. From the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews and I'm live on the line today with Dave Stewart. Dave, are you there? Yep. Yep, I'm here. Awesome. And for those of you who've been following along with our story, uh, we are still stuck in Kissimmee under our whole coronavirus uh, exciting times we're living in. Dave, where are you calling in from? Portland, Oregon. Awesome. And I know uh, Portland's been hit kind of hard, so hopefully you and your family are safe and doing well out there. Um, So... What I want to do real quick for our listeners who haven't uh, haven't heard of you before is get, do go through your introduction here real quick, and then we'll uh, get into and start talking about your story. So Dave um, says, after having his second child, you quickly realized that you needed more income to support your family. You found online business through a guy named Pat Flynn, who's got the Smart Passive Income podcast, really good guy. Um, I instantly fell in love with Pat's style and online business. You created your first affiliate website. Soon thereafter, um, met an amazing mentor and made your first dollar online. Um, you found Amazon FBA and was off to the races, creating two new brands in the e-commerce space. You eventually moved away from those brands and e-commerce to focus on your passion, which is fly fishing and podcasting. So in 2017, you brought together the West Fly Swing podcast, and the rest is history. The podcast has gone on to become one of the largest fly fishing podcasts, teaching fly fishers and brands to learn more about fly fishing and the history of the sport. Each week, you interview new experts in the space to understand what makes them tick and provide tips for your listeners. So with that sort of introduction, what is it that you're known for now, I guess? To, to tell us a little bit about your uh, your business um, and what it is that you would do and serve and provide, like your products and services, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. What, are you, uh, what are you known for? Yeah, so I think it, definitely the Wet Fly Swing is the uh, longer-running uh, podcast that's been going since 2017. And every week, uh, like you mentioned, I have a different expert on. So definitely that's the, the biggest thing I'm known for in the podcasting and fly fishing space. Um, I have been able to, through my networking and connecting with guests and people over the last three plus years. I've built a, a lot of affiliate relationships with companies. I have sponsors for the show. And now I have a, a travel 
travel company that I'm working with another person on where we're building that out, which is kind of a double double thing where I get to do some traveling and also make some um, some money through that that business as well. So that's kind of the three tiers of what I have going with the wet fly swing. And after getting into you know that, I just realized you know online marketing has always been kind of my other passion, right? Fly fishing is my first passion that I've had in my whole life, and then the online marketing is that second piece. So I started the outdoors online marketing podcast is, is my uh, new podcast that I, I started earlier this year. And in that one, it's similarly, I interview a new expert each week. So I've had some gurus, we're focused on podcasting right now. So I've had the first uh, 20 episodes are all podcasting related. And it's just been great. I'm trying to teach and serve uh, more. Again, it's for outdoor companies and fly fishing businesses, teaching them how to build their brands online. So that's that's where I'm at. That's really awesome. Yeah, we actually, uh, um, the, the big thing that we talk about on, in our company is building heroic brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so like working with companies like the ones that you're talking about um, and helping them build their whole you know, heroic brand and how they get into podcasting and then actually providing services for that. So anyways, it sounds like we have some interesting commonalities there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious just because um, I am in sort of, you know, as you know, I I travel full time. We do a lot of adventuring. So the whole outdoor company, fly fishing, that kind of stuff is is kind of near and dear to my heart. So how did you make that sort of decision that you wanted to, to, I, become a name so to speak in fly fishing of all things yeah that i mean that's it's been here's what happened was you know like i said you read the bio i was in the fba world and that was you know that was profitable and and fun but it was kind of crazy and um i just I was listening to podcasts, business podcasts all the time. I was kind of addicted to, I still say I'm still addicted to podcasting. I was listening to Pat Flynn. I was listening to all these people, John Lee Dumas. And and I just said, you know, back in 2015, I said, you know what, in two years, I'm going to have my own podcast. I had no idea what it was going to be about, but I said, I made that goal. And, um, and you know what, literally two years later in the end of 2017, I, you know, I was like, you know what, I've got this fly fishing brand going. I love fly fishing. Why not try fly fishing? Let, let's see if I can start a podcast in that. And that's what I did. And it, you know, obviously, you know, podcasting doesn't really take off necessarily like a hockey stick, but it has been growing steadily for the last three years. And, uh, and it's my passion. I mean, that's the bottom line. I'm, I'm basically digging in my passion. The cool thing about fly fishing is, a lot of the companies are really conservation minded and environmentally focused. So anytime I'm helping companies and people in fly fishing, I feel like I'm also helping the environment and kind of creating a better world. So that, so that's why I do it. Yeah, yeah, it's got got some ripple effects as well. And fly fishing is a very, you know, it's a very niche thing, right? It's it's not a mm-hmm. big general as like, you know, people who are into fly fishing are into fly fishing. Um, so that's a, it's a cool thing. I, I wouldn't even have imagined there was enough experts in fly fishing that you could have a new one on every week. So that's, uh, <laughs> it's impressive to me. It, it's it's amazing. I mean, I literally here's. I mean, I just had last week, or I, actually, I guess I posted this week. Uh, and I don't, uh, you know, women aren't necessarily my target audience. You know, I have more, a lot more men in in my audience. But I did an episode on the history of women in fly fishing. You know, I have two little girls, and I'm really focused on helping women, you know, get into. It. And I just love it. We talked about for like 400 years, a little bit of a history, right? A brief history of women in fly fishing. So, I've covered everything. But um, yeah, it's no problem getting guests. I've got. I've got probably 50 people that are queued up, you know, that are, uh, you know, kind of waiting for the next episode. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a small niche and that's, you know, like Pat Flynn, you've heard of Pat. I mean, his, his famous quote is uh, the riches, the riches are in the niches, yeah, which, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and fly fishing is cool. How, how old are your daughters? If you don't mind my asking, I've got, I got a whole pile of daughters myself. I got three of them. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, they're six and eight. Yeah. So I have six, three, and one for daughters, and I have a 10-year-old boy. I haven't got uh, any of my daughters into wanting to fish yet. My son likes to fish, but uh, yeah. my, uh, my daughter's not yet. They're more into ponies and, uh, and mermaids. That's exactly mine, mine too. I, they're, they're slowly getting into fishing. Yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, I did. I did. However, get my oldest daughter to go to the range with me the other day and fire a handgun for the first time. Oh wow! That was super cool. Holy cow! What 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 yeah. kind of gun? Um, she was. I bought a M&P Shield um, Easy, um, which is designed for older people who have uh, like hand problems, like arthritis, oh, yeah. or for young children to learn how to wow. handle a firearm. So. We've been teaching him firearm safety and stuff like that, and I was just, I was just excited that she wanted to do something that wasn't. Uh, That's so cool. Uh, you know, ponies and whatnot. That, so. I, well, my my daughters are a little bit. You know, they're pretty outdoor oriented. They do love the ponies too. But my eight year old, uh, last year, I guess she said, you know what, I want to go hunting. I do a little bit of deer hunting. And she said, I want to go hunting with you. So she's all excited. So I'm taking her up deer hunting for the first time this year. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah. So so just out of curiosity, in your family, when you catch the fish, who does the gutting of the fish? <laughs> Usually me. So Usually, the reason yeah. I ask that is because it's in our family. It's funny. I'm not a huge fan of gutting fish. Like I don't mind doing it. Right. But my wife thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. Like That's literally, amazing. she thinks it's fantastic. So she's like, she couldn't, she couldn't care to fish if you know you paid her money to do it. She wouldn't want to fish. But after you catch the fish, gutting them and taking all the bits apart, she like she gives kids all around the campgrounds we go to like biology lessons on what their insides are and what they're doing and how they work and nice you know the health status of the fish and whatnot and i'm like yeah that's that's crazy and i'm like it's you know i get out of getting fish then so i just get to, like, exactly them them. exactly <laughs> nice work <laughs> yeah so that's how it goes down in our house so what i want to talk to you about next then is your origin story right so just like every good comic book hero has an origin story it's the thing that made them into the hero they are today um, I want to hear your story. Were you born a hero? Were you bit by a radioactive spider that turned you mm-hmm. on to business? Um, or maybe did you start in a job and eventually move into becoming an entrepreneur? Just want to sort of know where you came from and how you got to where you are now. Yeah. So, I mean, the story is I kind of was was bitten a little bit. I didn't know the track I was going to take. And, um, you know, like you said, uh, in you know, 2014 was when I first, I didn't even know anything about online business, right? I knew nothing about it, didn't have an idea. But when my, um, you know, my daughter, my first daughter, well, actually, I guess it was technically, it's my second daughter. I had, you know, so that it was 2012, 2014. But I realized, wow, okay, two kids are coming. And you probably know this just as well, right? There's some expenses there with with kids. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I got to find a way to, to make some extra income here. And I just, I can't remember how it happened, but Pat Flynn, came across smart passive income who's probably you know he's probably influenced more people than anybody online and uh and i just started following his stuff and not long after i started um i found another mentor who literally he walked me through it was unbelievable he didn't charge me any money it was out of the goodness of his heart he already had niche websites up you know these tiny little which now niche websites are kind of a weird uh, a weird word you know or sort of thing but yeah he helped me create this this website which is still making some income today uh, you know it's been hit by some of the google updates and things like that but um so that just got me into the 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 market i realized okay you can make money here and and that was the first yeah. year and i got into you know a number of different groups um other communities and learning about it and and the uh, amazon uh fulfilled by amazon right fba was the next thing and i and i think it was maybe um 
I'm trying to think who it was. It wasn't Pat Flynn, but it was somebody else where I started learning about that. And I launched a product in the, uh, in the outdoor space as well, because that's kind of always been my passion. And I was doing that for two years, making over six figures in, uh, you know, selling these products on the side, uh, online, mostly through Amazon. Um, but it was just pretty ugly. You know, I don't know if you know much about Amazon, but it's pretty cutthroat. It's, I mean, I had people take over my list. uh, Yeah. Products and yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. So I kind of, it was just like, oh man, it was just, it was kind of cutthroat really, to be honest. And it wasn't, it got to a point where it wasn't that fun. And, and I just, you know, I made a pivot and I think it feels like about every two years I make a pivot, you know, and and I've still stuck with, you know, my focus and I just kind of doubled down on the fly fishing. I had started that blog in 2015 teaching you know fly fishing but the podcast was just where it all i brought it all together you know i had that love i was kind of addicted to podcasting and i started up and it just it's way more uh success than i ever thought i mean i'm no joe rogan right i'm not gonna i'm not selling this thing for a hundred million dollars but you know the fact that i have uh you know thousands of people you know each week listening to these fly fishing these niche fly fishing episodes right it just shows you the power and and that's why i'm i'm into now teaching podcasting doing some coaching and services there and that's kind of the you know kind of this the next side thing that i've been doing so um so yeah it's been fun it's been really awesome yeah it's been a lot of fun I know uh, I um, we've done the FBA thing as well. I had a supplement line. Um, oh, cool! It's actually still there, still selling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been a part of the whole cutthroat thing. And actually, one of my clients, we've been uh, doing Amazon work together since 2014, and oh, wow. we brought them from four thousand dollars a month in sales to I think they're doing currently about one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a month in sales on exactly. Amazon. So totally get the cutthroat thing there. That is a uh, yeah, it's hardcore. Um, <sighs> but our our biggest win, and this might actually be a uh, you know, a useful piece of information for you with your podcast is that Amazon becomes a lot less cutthroat when you own the audience, yeah. right? when you own the relationship. Um, so if you come to Amazon as a sales platform with your own audience, um, right, from people like you, from your podcast, you're like, hey, we've got a, you know, a custom branded product that we put together here. Um, right. It changes the game a lot because yep. then you're not competing as much with the, uh, the rest of the Amazon ecosystem. You're just using their economies of scale to make your business a, uh, more profitable that's a great point yeah yeah that is, yeah and obviously amazon is still where everybody you know goes to you know to check things out and, and yeah yeah you can't you can't leave amazon but that, that that is a good a good tip for sure yeah yeah so when it when you it comes to like getting into the um, picking a niche, so to speak, getting into. I know it's one of the things that like I struggled with for the longest time, right? And yep. figuring out, hey, what it is that I do and how I do it and how I help people. Uh, and I've only just in the last few years really gotten solid in my own business about who I work for and what you know, like what mm-hmm. I do, um, and having it not be like, hey, I do everything for everyone, um, <laughs> which yep. is a terrible place to be. Um, you want to speak on that for just a little bit and how you, how you got into fly fishing, particularly, um, mm-hmm. out of the whole outdoor space and like sort of how, how that process has gone for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will, and I've probably John, I don't know if you know, John Lee Dumas, but he's the entrepreneurs on fire. Yeah. So I interviewed him on my show on outdoors online.co um, episode four, he was on and he's, he loves me because I, I've mentioned his name so many times, you know, he's been a big mentor for me as well, but we talked a little bit about niching down and, um, and I just love it because he put it so simply. And he, what he said was, here's how, you know, you're in the, in the right niche. If you, if you niche down so far, because you obviously want to niche down, he said, if you niche down, you look around and there's literally nobody else in your niche, 
then it's like, okay, I'm niched down far enough. I know I'm, you know, this is, this is great. Or if you niche down far enough and you look around, you realize everybody around you in that niche, you can smoke them, right? You can smoke the competition. So that's what he said. So he's really focused on, you know, niching down as far as you can, because you can always, you know, you can always, once you're down there, you've got this small group and then you grow out of that. So I always like to put that up front and that's, that's kind of what I've done. You know, the fly fishing I started with a focus, not on all fly fishing, but a focus on steelhead fly fishing, right? So steelhead's a very, you know, Northwest focus just in a certain part of the country. And so I grew that audience and I had a lot of steelhead. Season one was all steelhead guests, right? And I became known as the steelhead person. It was like, oh, do you want to learn about steelhead? Go to, go to Dave. And then after that, I started slowly getting out of that or you know still i still have lots of guests we're still northwest focused but i started adding other topics into fly fishing and now i've interviewed you know you name it right i've interviewed people that fish in africa you know all around the world um so again i think niching down that's where you know you, you they i've heard different you know people put it a different way but you know you niche down at this level niche down three levels below where you think you should and that's maybe a good place to start so i'm not sure you know if you look at we could take any niche for example for an example to look at it but for me it was right outdoors and then it was fly fishing and then it was steelhead fly fishing i mean those were kind of my niches and now if you look at my new uh, company outdoors online you know the marketing podcast i'm serving right i'm in the outdoors but i'm serving really focused on this fly fishing companies that are fly fishing companies and i'm helping them grow their fly fishing brands so everything i talk about is well you should you can listen to my guests i go on and we talk about okay how do you serve a, a fly fishing guide you know what do they need to know about blogging i just had a, a you know expert come on and talk about how to create your content strategy for your blog and you know we used a bunch of fly fishing examples so so that's my take on it. I think I think you almost can't go far enough in niching. I feel like just go as far as you feel like you know you want to go. That's a, a really good point, and it's uh, it's probably one of the reasons why. Because like our show started around the same time yours did, mm -hmm. um, but the uh, you guys have a larger audience than we have for our show. Probably that's, a lot of that's probably because of how niched down it is, and that makes a lot of sense um, for what you were building it for, right? So like a. Um, this podcast, the reason we're doing it is because we have a very, very particular message we're trying to share. Um, so I didn't want to niche down any further than we are, um, just right. because of the message that we're sharing. But um, if you're trying to, to build revenue and build an audience, then I think what you're doing is incredibly smart. Uh, and it's uh, it's super helpful to uh, to sort of see how that works in the real world for people who are like, hey, I want to get into podcasting or blogging or even starting a product business, right? You've been in the product business. It makes yep. a lot of sense. Same kind of thing. Niche down really far. Um, you know, uh, and I, you know, same kind of experience. We started a supplement company hmm. um, and supplement company, same kind of thing, right? You could you release all these general supplements and it's very difficult when we started niching down to like, hey, we were serving, um, we were serving essentially the, the stay-at-home mom um, who is mm -hmm. like a conservative and is looking to like do like we have very specific like hey this is the person that we're trying to help exactly um, and you know it it uh, it helped grow the the business a lot um, yeah so and it also helped inform our marketing a lot too because we could actually talk to that particular person instead of anyone you know because the supplements would work for anyone right <laughs> so like, yeah that's not the point. Uh, yep. So it's all—it's about the story you tell and who you're telling it to. Exactly, and you knew your avatar, right? That was your—you know—that was the the person. If you had to describe that exact person, I mean, that's a another good tip that I think you know, if you have customers and things things like that, you know, you can talk to them, right? I mean, you've got people out there, 
but I always, I think it's important to get out there and just talk to people. You know, you, you've, if you've got a podcast, who are your listeners? Um, you know, who's the target audience and focus on them and ask them what they need. And I've been doing that with this fly fishing. I've been doing coaching calls each week, interviewing some of these companies and asking them, you know, what's their, what's your biggest struggle. And then I'm guiding some of the topics that I'm covering on the podcast. And eventually, you know, this will be the product line down the line. You know, what is, what does this fly fishing company need? to learn online marketing? What's the number one thing? And I can tell you, like a lot of people, right, it's they're struggling with their websites, SEO, you know, all that basic stuff that a lot of people struggle with. You know, that's what they need help with. So there's, there potentially is a product there where I could be like, okay, Dave is the guy to teach you this. Um, so yeah, that's how I always uh, kind of frame. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So my next question for you then is about your superpowers, right? So we say every every iconic hero has their superpower, whether that's a fancy flying suit made by a genius intellect or the ability to call down thunder from the sky. In the real world, heroes have what I call a zone of genius, so to speak. It's a skill or a set of skills that either you were born with or you developed over time um, that really energize all of your other skills, everything that you do. So this superpower is what sets you apart and allows you to help people slay their villains, so to speak, and come out on top in their own journeys. You have a superpower with that framing. What do you think it is? Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, I'm not sure if it's coming through, but I, I feel like it's what we're doing right here. I feel like my superpower is the ability to just kind of the networking, you know, however you want to put it. It's it's the fact that I really enjoy, I mean, podcasting just makes sense that I've kind of excelled in it, right? Because I love podcasting. I love talking. Like right now we're having this conversation. This is some people are going to learn some things from it, but I mean, I bottom line, I enjoy it. And, and I think that interpersonal thing, you know, I've never found a person to be honest with you that I didn't enjoy talking with, you know, talking, about, talking to, and, you know, we all have our politics, you know what I mean? We all have our politics and we have all that stuff. And I typically, we joke about it on the, on the fly fishing show. It's like, okay, there's two things. If you're a guide, if you're a fly fishing guide, you, you have these people on your trip, never talk about religion and don't talk about politics, right? Those are the two things because, you know, it's like they, they create this thing, but so I, but I don't care. Right. I mean, I try to stay away from that stuff, but bottom line is I enjoy talking to everybody. I just love it. And I think that is my superpower that when people connect with me, they see my passion and they see that I just love kind of having conversations and, and teaching people. And, and that goes a long way. And I think anybody that's in business, you know, if you're not doing, if you're not going to events, if you're not networking, you know, if you're not doing all these things then you're missing out big time, you know, you can't be even an online, right? Online business, you have to connect with people. You can't just sit in your little silo and think that you're going to, you know, create a business there. Um, so like today, for example, I'm not, yeah, not yeah. sure if you've heard of BNI, um, the, um, it's a group, uh, yeah, you know, so I just, you know, I've never really, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're there. I mean, I just learned a little bit more about them and talked to per, an, another person, I think, recently on a podcast, and they noted that it was one of the biggest ways that it grew their business. And I and I thought, well, God, that makes sense. And I, so now after this, I'm going to be talking to them, you know, about potential opportunities, right? So that's kind of how I do it. And I say so that's definitely my super. If, if I had to pick one thing, it's it's that networking piece. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, too, that um, I have noticed in like I, I just before I got on this, the, this episode today, one of my uh, Facebook uh, friends and business partners in a few different areas um, had asked a question. It was like, hey, if you could go back to your 20 year old self and um, and give them advice, what would you give them? Right? What would you say? And I was like, you know, the, the first thing that I said was your network is your most important thing. Right. And networking is not some like marketing term that you use. It's, it's just, it's just a business term for building real relationships. Exactly. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, 
and, or building relationships in the business world. And that's uh, it's one of those things that, you know, you have to actually care about the person on the other line. You have to actually care enough to listen to their story um, and, you know, to ask them cool questions and then care enough to actually listen to their answers, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's, there's not, there's no secret to that, right? That's, that's just, it's how, it's how business has always been built. It's how it's always going to be built. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, I don't know, it's such a core aspect of who we are as human beings, right? I tell people all the time on this show that uh, um, we're a story born people, right? And we judge the depth of our relationships by how much of the other person's story, you know, or have been a part of. Uh, exactly. So, Exactly. Yeah. And in, in your, I mean, this is a good example, right? We're talking here, you have an interest in fly fishing. I just happen to have a second podcast. It's all about fly fishing. You know, now we've got this a secondary thing, right? Where we're connecting. So I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm with you on the whole, the whole thing, the, 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 I break all the rules and the whole politics and religions thing on our show. Yeah. We do occasionally because we bring cool people on. We, we'll discuss politics, oh, and sure. discuss religion if they come up in conversation. And I'm not exactly a, you know, um, hiding the fact that I like our country. Oh yeah, yeah well, we, we, we all should. I, <laughs> I just watched the I've been watching the Ked Birds, the Civil War documentary, uh, just last week. You know what I mean? It's like our country has been through a lot of ups and downs. You know what I mean? And I think the thing that ties our country together is that I think most of us love our country, right? We love what it's about, and yeah. I think if you don't, if you don't at least love that, then you know you're probably in the wrong place. Yeah, that we're we're seeking we're seeking to become more just and more mm-hmm. free and more equal opportunity for everyone who comes here. Um, and I think that's a it's a great mission. And you know we fail and we stumble, but we're working to make that better. And I think that's a cool it's a cool thing. It's a cool experiment to be a part of. And I don't want to see that experiment die. So no, nope. that's a <laughs> exactly that's where where I'm at on that. So the flip side then of your superpower is your fatal flaw. Right. So, you know, every Superman has his kryptonite, every Wonder Woman, you know, if they, they can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad, you probably have a flaw that's held you back in your business, something that you've struggled with. Maybe it's perfectionism. That's something I struggled with that keeps you from shipping yeah. or a lack of self-care. It means you let your clients walk all over you. Or maybe it's something like being a visionary, but lacking the dis- discipline to implement, which are all things that I've struggled with. Yeah. <laughs> but more important than the flaw um, and is it's uh, rectification, right? How did you fix it? How did you work to overcome that flaw so you can continue to grow in your business? And hopefully someone in our audience might be able to learn from your experience in that. Yeah. Yeah, it's for sure. I mean, there's a lot. I, all, everything you just said, I will say, yeah, ditto, you know, but uh, it's doing too much. You know, it's not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's doing too much. It's not being focused. That That's the biggest struggle that I've had, you know, because I get excited, you know, when I see the new shiny object and, you know, you've got this new, uh, you know, whatever it is, right. I mean, I've got a course just sitting there that I purchased that I literally haven't even taken yet. You know what I mean? These things were, you know, I, I just get excited. I love online marketing. I love kind of all, the space I'm in. I love fly fishing and I try to do so much, uh, too much. So what I've done recently is tried to focus. And I think, again, I'll go back to John Lee uh, uh, Dumas and he has a really cool planner. Uh, he calls it the Freedom Journal, but it doesn't matter what it is. But yeah, I think it's really, yeah, it's really important to, to focus down. So I've been using that to really focus on, you know, in, his journal is in the 100 day, right? You have a 100 day goal. You set that goal and then you kind of work through and every day you're working through it and the journal just helps you make sure you stay focused, right? So like each day you come up and you know what you're going to do. I mean, there's a good tip right there. You know, the night before, 
plan on, plan your day. Know exactly what you're going to get get accomplished and do that first thing before in the morning, right? Don't check your emails. Don't do anything else. Do that thing. So that is what I'm doing to solve that problem. And I think journaling, goal setting, obviously, you know, you have to you do that. But the journaling is the, the newest thing that Roy have been trying to do. And it's helpful because it gets you to think also about, you know, what you appreciate, you know, your family and kind of those daily affirmations and things like that. So, so that's where I'm at. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely doing too much. And I think I'm trying to focus is, is the secret. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have I have a couple of thoughts on that, that have really helped me with the same thing over the last, you know, 10 or 12 years that I've been doing this whole online business thing. Um, the first one that has really helped me the longest, probably was, um, a specific, uh, having a specific goal that I wanted in my life. Um, that was like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a monetary goal. It wasn't a lifestyle goal. It was just, it was something that I promised my wife when we had kids. And I was like, Hey, I want to be at home every day for yeah. lunch with my kids. It's like, that was just, it was a thing I wanted to be able to do. Right. Cause most dads get to have breakfast and or dinner with their kids, but very few get to have lunch with their kids every yeah. day. And I wanted that. Um, and so whenever I was looking at things that I could do or add or change my business, the question I always ask myself is, does this equal more lunch time with my kids or less? Uh, that's awesome. And that really, uh, it really helped, you know, cut out a lot of things in my life. Mm -hmm. And I even changed entire business models where I'd get going, building something and realizing that, Hey, this is gonna, if I keep going this way, I'm going to lose lunch time with my kids. Mm -hmm. Right. So I had to change and shift because that was the, that was sort of my, canon against I you know that I was measuring everything against was whether or not I get to you know be at home and have lunch with my kids um, and you know now you know for the last three years I've been traveling full-time with my wife and kids and we've had lunch in all sorts of cool places so um, that's a it's been an important thing um, but sort of second to that 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 sort of falls in the same line of thinking is this idea that um, something we talk about on the show all the time is giving yourself permission to play and what I mean by that is that your work does not get better the more of it you do, right? Um, and we have this sort of mistaken thinking in, uh, I think, in a lot of entrepreneurship and even in, you know, the, the employee community all over our country that more work equals more success. And that's just not true. Um, and uh, I got myself to the point where I was working 12, 15, 16 hours a day several years ago and realizing that I wasn't doing anything but spinning my wheels. I wasn't getting anywhere. Um, and yeah. you realize really quickly that creativity thrives when you give it restrictions. Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, when I was, um, working at home and working 12, 15 hours a day, and I was like, I have this thing to do and I have all the time in the world to do it because all I'm going to do is work from, you know, morning till night forever and ever until it's done. <laughs> you can fill up all that time with doing things. Um, and so I started being really systematic a few years ago about reducing the amount of hours I was willing to work. So the first thing I did was like, hey, I will only work eight hours a day. That dramatically increased my productivity during those hours. Um, and then the next thing I did was, hey, I'm going to take Friday off. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm only going to work eight hours a day from Monday through Thursday. And, you know, if I need to work a couple of extra hours to keep it in there, I'll do that. But Fridays are mine. Right? I'm going to spend those with my wife and kids and go exploring and that kind of stuff. Um, and eventually, you know, maybe, you know, now I'm working Monday through Thursday and instead of eight hours a day, it's seven hours a day and then six hours a day. And like currently in our, the lifestyle we live, my business, I operate Monday through Thursday, four hours a day. The rest of my time I spend out with my kids adventuring mm. and stuff like that. My business has grown at least four times um, since I started implementing those things in terms of revenue and the size of our team and everything else that we're doing. Um, so anyways, I, yeah. uh, those are just some That's of my amazing. thoughts on the same That's kind amazing. of thing. Yeah. 
yeah you're uh no that's a that is a perfect answer i mean that definitely um resonates for sure because i'm kind of in that mode you know where it's you know uh, you know still doing too much i'm starting to you know i've got a, a you know a new virtual assistant I'm, I'm training right now trying to get things you know because it is it is a struggle right you've got these things you love doing and you know, like editing podcasts right i mean that's something that actually i enjoy doing um but i've got to you know start passing some of this stuff off and and, and get a lot more help so i yeah it resonates with that thank you yeah, yeah. So that's a, it's one of those things that like I struggled with for years is the whole mm-hmm. working too much and being distracted by everything. And I really just had to get sort of militant with myself about it. Um, and what's interesting about all of that was it, it's helped me grow my business a lot. Exactly. Um, and I, I think part of it has to do with just the human reaction to boundaries. I, I don't know if you've ever seen that study that they did with kids on the playground where they put them out on, you know, they had the concrete pad and then they had the grass pad and there's street um, out beyond that. And hmm. they had no fences up. And when they let all the kids out with no fences, they stopped the concrete pad, right? And they wouldn't go out onto the grass um, because it was the clear boundary that they had. Oh, wow. um, and as soon as they put fences up around the grass area, the kids would use the entire area because we thrive with boundaries. Yeah. Um, and if you just sort of take that principle and apply it to other areas, right? So, you know, I'm talking about you know, how does, I think creativity does the same thing. It thrives when you give it boundaries, right? So everything from like, hey, you've got, you know, I do photography and one of the mm-hmm. great, the, the biggest boundary in photography is that little four by three box that you're looking through, mm-hmm. right? You have to cut out the world to show just a specific <laughs> thing. Um, and, uh, you know, everything from you know, the, the work that I give to employees to the, you know, things that, you know, we do with our kids. It's always about like, hey, how can we, how can we improve the output of this by, by putting, you know, boundaries in place? Right. Um, you know, can we do the same yeah. thing in half the time? Right. Can we do, can exactly. we get the same work accomplished in half the time or whatever? Right? So you give yourself little boundaries here and there and it improves the, the either the systems or the processes or whatever it is you're working on. Very cool. Well put. <laughs> well, thank you. So yeah. next question for you then is your common enemy, right? So every superhero has their arch nemesis, right? It's a thing that they constantly have to fight against in their world, right? In the world of business, it takes many forms, but generally speaking, we put in the context of your clients, right? The people that you actually serve. It's a mindset or it's a flaw that you're constantly having to fight against with the people that hire you or bring you on, or I guess in your case might even just be out fishing, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, That they have to overcome so they can get better, cheaper, faster, or higher degree of results, right? What, what is that thing that you're constantly having to fight against in your business? Yeah, in my business, I mean, that is a, that's a good question. I guess, you know, and I have the two, I do have the fly fishing, um, you know, at the wet fly swing podcast where I'm teaching fly fishing. And and as you know, right, you, you're trying to learn fly fishing. I mean, a big struggle. I ask the same questions to those people, you know, what is your biggest struggle? And on my Facebook group, you know, I, I have three questions that I ask when they come into the group. And one of them is, what's your biggest struggle with fly fishing? What's your biggest struggle with fly tying? And I get, I've got a huge list of all these answers and, you know, um, you know, casting, you know, fly casting, right? The whole casters, that's a big, exactly. That's a big struggle. There's a lot of, there's a lot of confusion there on, and we do spay casting too, like with a two-handed rod. So we also teach that. Mm -hmm. So people, you know, struggle with that. With fly tying, there's very common things. People struggle with, uh, you know, tying dry flies, um, tying small flies. I mean, myself, I'm, you know, I wear glasses as well now because tying a little tiny, uh, you know, insect is not as easy as it used to be. Um, so, I mean, that's the people I always think of it. My struggle is the struggle of, 
of my uh, customer, right? W what is there? I think of it like the analogy of the Luke Skywalker. This is kind of a good superhero analogy. The, um, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, or I guess the Yoda and the Luke Skywalker thing, right? Luke Skywalker, um, you know, I'm not Luke Skywalker. And this comes from, uh, this comes from Chase Reeves, who's kind of the, he's at the fizzle.co, uh, used to be over there teaching online marketing, but he talked about the, uh, you know, the Luke Skywalker analogy. So I'm not Luke Skywalker, right? I'm not the hero, you know, that you have, this is the hero show. I'm not the hero of it. The hero is my customer. I'm, you know, I'm basically uh, Yoba, Yoda, right? Or, or Obi-Wan, I'm helping that person get past that struggle. And that's how I always think of it. So with the fly fishing thing, you know, the struggle is, is that people are struggling with casting and all these things. And I'm helping them answer those questions through, they listen to these experts that diagnose casting and things like that. With the Outdoors Online, with the marketing podcast, these companies, you know, they have struggles in, like we said, SEO. Um, you know, how do you start a podcast? I created a 30-day start a podcast challenge, right? A real basic kind of a, you know, you add your email and then each day you get a, a step on starting your podcast, right? And podcasting is not like rocket science. It's, you know, anybody can do it. But so that's one of those struggles. And I've been coaching some people on, I've got a guy who has a TV show, the fly fishing show, and he wanted to start a podcast and didn't know, you know, where to start and all these questions. So, you know, he's, he's the Luke Skywalker, right? And I'm trying to walk him through make it very simple. So he has a show that grows because with podcasting, it's very easy to have a show that doesn't grow. You know, you can't just put your podcast on, on Apple Podcasts and be like, okay, I'm here, you know, let, let's do my weekly show and I'm going to be famous. You know, it doesn't work like that. It's hard no matter who you are, um, you know, so, and I will give a shout out because I've had a couple of really big guests on that podcast, um, Eric Newsom who uh, wrote a book called make noise. It's one of, uh, one of my favorite podcasting books. And he's the guy that created the was big part of the NPR podcast back in Oh five when podcasting was getting going. So he knows, and he teaches podcasting for like New York times and Nike and some big companies, you know, and he talked about a lot of these things that, that we're saying here is that, um, you know, podcasting kind of comes down to a straightforward answer, you know, with podcasting, are you curious about your topic? Are you passionate about it? Right? You hear the passion a lot, but I think that's the bottom line. If you're not curious and passionate about your topic and podcasting, then you're probably not, you know, you probably don't have the right topic. Um, so those are some of the things I try to throw out there, you know, to my people. And I'm not sure if that exactly answered the, uh, this, the question, you know, on tap, but that, that's kind of where I focus it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, I, I have, um, two thoughts on that first one on the, uh, the actually struggling with things like casting um with with your your clients i think it's really smart one that you ask to find out what your audience struggles are and then you answer them um that's a really smart thing um personally i struggle with casting as well i'm still in that process where i'm learning how to do the whole you know the whole back and forth thing yep. and actually yep. get the fly to like land on top of the water exactly um, and you know i'm i'm only getting it to land on top of the water about half the time yep Yep. Well, here's a quick tip for you, just for the fly fishing, uh, not that we're going to dig into fly fishing, but for casting, you could think of the analogy, a good analogy to think about. And I've had a bunch of people talk about casting, but, you know, think of it, you have a paintbrush in your hand with wet paint on it. And what you need to do is take that paint on it and you're going to flick it at the wall without dripping any. So think about that. How do you do that? Flick, right? That's the motion you want with your cast. Okay, that makes so, sense. So you got to have with casting, if you don't have a hard, a lot of people screw up is they, they don't stop. They kind of do this. You know, there, there's no stop. You got to really, and be forceful. You got to boom, boom, stop, 
boom, stop in the back, stop in the forward. You know what I mean? That's how you get the line speed. I mean, these rods we have are super powerful. And so you can't be afraid to really set, you know, you got to set that up. So just remember that if you don't remember anything else, remember that little, uh, that analogy of the paintbrush. That's actually a really good analogy for that. It is. Well, you know, who created, who came up with that is Lefty Cray, who's probably, you know, he's passed away now, but he's one of the biggest people in fly fishing, you know, in the history of fly fishing. And he, that's his quote or his analogy. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and then on the, uh, the second part, which is, you know, helping the businesses and learning how to, uh, um, you know, getting them started on, on the things that they're struggling with. Um, that's actually, I think it's, it's really important for, especially for people that are, that are serving a community like that is, um, it just, I just wanted to draw that, that connection that what you're doing in both spaces is you're finding out, Hey, what's the problem that you have? And then how can I solve it? Right? How can you come up with ways to solve that, whether that's putting together a 30-day guide or bringing experts on to help them teach those kind of things? Um, is I, I think a lot of businesses make the mistake of like, hey, I'm going to create a product and then I'm going to go and try to find an audience no. right, for that thing. And what you're talking about is the opposite. was like, hey, here's a problem that our audience is already having. And how can we br bring a solution to that, right? A creative solution. Exactly. That's a, um, it's a really important point that um, I don't want anyone who's listening to miss. Exactly. Yeah, that is the key. That's that is the key point. Yeah. So the flip side then of your common enemy is your driving force, right? So just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information, what is it that you fight for in your business, your mission, so to speak? That's awesome. I love that as a, a great question because I think about this occasionally. And for me, it's, you know... I think it'd be great if I was just about teaching people about fly fishing and things like that. But really for me, and I mentioned it earlier, is the conservation piece, right? I mean, obviously we all need clean water. We all need, you know, we want healthy environments to raise our kids. And the cool thing about fly fishing, there's a ton of groups that are, you know, fly fishing, you, right? You have fish, you've got to have clean water for these fish to survive, right? We have the Endangered Species Act, all this stuff that helps to protect the environment. And so that's part of my big driving force is that I know that the more people I get into fly fishing, the more those people will probably become conservation minded just because the, most of the people that are in this industry, most of the companies um, that are involved, I mean, a great company is Patagonia, right? Patagonia is, they have pretty expensive products, but the founder- I'm wearing uh, Arcteryx on my- uh... There you go. Yeah. So that's it. So, I mean, Patagonia is an amazing company because, you know, Yvonne Chouinard, you know, Chouinard came out and he's been a champion of conservation and he's built a company, a successful billion dollar company, you know, with that focus. So, you know, that's my focus. And I think that the more people with the wet fly swing that I get into fly fishing, the more people will, will learn about conservation. And also now with the Outdoors Online podcast, which is focused for fly fishing companies and outdoor brands, the more of those companies that I help become successful, the more they will also teach and bring more people into it. So I'm a big fan. I'm not worried about bringing more people and I'm kind of the, you know, rising tide lifts all ships, you know, and that goes with everything I do. You know, like I want more podcasts out there. I want more fly fishing, but I'm not worried about competition. You know what I mean? So, so for me, it really comes down to that yeah. overarching conservation. I don't even talk about it that much on the podcast, um, which is kind of funny, but that's where I'm coming from. I'm always thinking about that. So one of the things that I find really interesting about that, and my wife and I were looking into this the other day, um, is that right now conservation is losing more money than it's ever lost ever I know. Um, because of the reduction in hunting and fishing that has been happening over the last four, you know, four to 10 years or so. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and it's directly correlated. The more people you have hunting and fishing, the more money goes into conservation and the more conservation efforts get started and, and exactly. going. Exactly. Um, and it's interesting to me how that works. Um, and the, uh, the whole efforts of conservation are definitely driven by the people who are out actually making use of the land and the creatures and stuff that we have and taking care of it and wanting to be there for the next generation. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. You're, you're totally right. I think that is a little bit of a, you know, there's some things we need to sort out. And I think we are trying to do that. But I mean, the Endangered Species Act is a good example, right? I mean, everybody that's there, regardless of whether you hunt or fish, that's there to protect the environment. I mean, a lot of that's more towards water quality and things like that. But I think that we are we are going to move more towards getting away from that model where the hunters and fishermen are paying for the conservation. Because I think that, you know, everybody should be paying a little chunk of that. You know what I mean? Like, shouldn't we all chip in to help protect fish and wildlife and natural resources? So I think yeah. I think as we time goes on, and, and we're seeing it, the, I mean, species are going extinct. You know, we haven't we haven't stopped species from going extinct. I mean, there, as more people are on the planet and, and in the country, you know, we still have issues. So I think that ultimately, as as those numbers, like you're saying, the last ten years, it's been kind of getting out of whack. As that gets worse, I think we will find ways to go to the general public and and get money from them or more money. You know what I mean? I think that's really the only solution. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things, and this is just a thought process in my, on, on, uh, I have no idea if this will work or not, but one of the things that I noted when I was running my Amazon brand was that, uh, when we attached a cause to our brand, mm-hmm. our sales went up. Yeah. Right. So we were running a program, we were selling a supplement, um, supplements. And so we were working with a nonprofit organization that gives vitamin A to children all over the world. Um, the leading cause of death in children all over the world is vitamin A deficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it costs approximately a quarter to give Jeez. a child enough vitamin A to fight off the diseases that kill them. Right? Wow. Um, so literally, it takes a quarter to save a kid's life um, for vitamin A deficiency. Um, and so we ran a program called Buy a Bottle, Save a Life. And for every bottle that we sold, we donated a quarter to this company. Um, and you know that increased our sales. And I've seen a lot of companies... Um, and that are doing similar things, right? And it's interesting because it, you know, it, it comes from a place of wanting to help, but it also actually helps grow your business. So there's like, there's, there's exactly. two good things. It's a win-win situation. Yeah. Um, and I had someone on my podcast a couple months ago was talking about um, this idea of caused-based capitalism, right? And mm-hmm. I think that we're going to see more and more of that where companies like Arcteryx or Patagonia and other things are starting to sort of take up the mantle. Exactly, uh, and put the money into um, the things that are going to help their brands grow, right? Because if if you're selling fly fishing gear and all the fish go away, you're not going to have a fly fishing business anymore. No, nope, exactly. No, I, I think that's a great point, and I I do have a goal to put more. In fact, I would love to see eventually someday um, when I can get to a point where the Wet Fly Swing podcast is just a literally a hundred percent, or as close as I can get to a hundred percent of it goes back into conservation and protecting of the of the profits from that from that business i mean that's my as i sort of transition keep doing what on the track that i'm on i think i think that's where you know i'm going to be shooting more for that for that sort of you know having a big impact and and uh, because yeah like you said i mean there are a lot of companies and fly fishing companies that do donate one percent you know to the planet five percent to conservation groups so you see that a lot and that's great 
but what what can I do that's that's you know even greater that it maybe has a bigger impact and and for the marketing obviously yeah that doesn't hurt that doesn't hurt to have something that's unique yeah yeah absolutely so I want to get into the practical portion of our show. I call this the hero's tool belt. So just like every superhero has a tool belt with awesome gadgets like batarangs or web slingers or laser eyes or a big magical <laughs> hammer, um, we'll talk about one or two tools that you use every day that you couldn't live without in your business. Could be anything from your notepad to your calendar to your marketing mm-hmm. tools to your product delivery to your VA, right? Something that you think is absolutely essential to getting the job done that you do. Um, just want to hear about one or one or two of yeah. them. So I'll say, I mean, I've got a ton, like, you know, we, I think we all do, but one that's been on my mind, I just talked to the founder, he's going to be coming on Nick, um, at, in a, about a month, but the, uh, it's called Hindenburg and it's a, it's a, a podcast editing software. I'm not sure if you've heard of this one, but there's, there's a lot of great ones out there. I mean, just for, you know, GarageBand and Audacity are free, you know, but I found this Hindenburg and it's just really simple. You know, you have to, you have to buy it, but it's, I mean, it just makes the whole experience very smooth. And it's just so that's one thing that I'm hot on. And I've been kind of promoting that. And I just, they don't even have an affiliate program at all right now. Um, but I still, you know, obviously, I know anybody that listens that in fact, I just had somebody that was on a podcast, and I had mentioned it to him, and he reached back out to me. He's like, Oh, my God, this thing is amazing. Well, I love Hindenburg. So I'd throw out Hindenburg. Um, you met, we talked a little bit about assistance. Uh, freeup.net is a place where you can find virtual assistance. I'm really hot on freeup. I've very smooth process. They take care of all the payments um, to your VA. So you pretty much, you can set yeah, limits. I, I on, had uh, the founders on. on oh, there you go. Once again. There you go. Perfect. So I, yeah, I missed that one. But so just love free up. Um, definitely. That's great. Um, man, what what else? I, you know, one thing, I mean, this is just an old one, um, but on social media, Hootsuite, which I, I used a long time ago, and I kind of quit using, but they've really upgraded some things and made it really just easier. So I've been using uh, Hootsuite quite a bit. Um, so, you know, those are three, I, I could list a whole bunch of other ones. I, those are the ones that so, kind of, yeah. Question for the Hindenburg one. Does it only do audio podcasts or does it also do editing for video podcasts? Yeah. So that's the thing. It is, uh, it's audio. Yep. It's audio only. Audio only. Yeah. yeah so that, so but I'm not yeah. sure if it would work for uh, our podcast because we do nope. both audio and video, but yeah. That, and, well, let's I see. My staff uses Final Cut. Yeah, yeah, final cut, yeah, which is great, and I think, and I will talk to Nick about this. I believe they might be looking at doing some some updates there, uh, and I know they do. Uh, they work with like Zoom and Skype and things like that, so you can record the audio into you know what I mean seamlessly. But they don't actually have an audio platform. But I'll make the, I'll add that to my podcast when I when I interview Nick for sure. <laughs> Speaking of heroic tools, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the Hero Show and is now this show's primary sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. 
The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. You're listening to The Hero Show, unlocking the power of influence and success. So, so just a, a thought for you. You mentioned FreeUp. The uh, founders of FreeUp, they've uh, since sold the company, so it's running on its, um, on its own. Oh, they wow. started a new company called Outsource School uh, huh. that they actually have um, some really good programs and stuff on training your VAs and getting you know, documentation and SOPs and everything done. If you haven't checked them out yet, that's just my... Uh, my plug for you to check them out and sweet tip listening to them to check out a check out outsource school um, and i don't get any affiliate stuff for that either but anyways yep. they're uh, they got good stuff why did they i'm just curious on selling it i mean obviously they they did a good job it was it just a, a point where they felt like you know the now's the time to um kind of do some new something new um if if i understand correctly they are they they enjoy the process of starting and growing businesses until they get to a certain size yeah um and that's that's where their zone of genius is in. Yeah. It's in getting it up and going and running to a point where it's sellable, um, and then they start their game over. Totally. This is this is what I love about podcasting. This is one of the things, right? I mean, we're just chatting here, but I, now I have a another episode I can add to the queue, and uh, you know, it's just a cool thing, right? It's again, it's that whole thing where we're connecting, and I probably will have those guys on my podcast down the line as well if yeah, if it yeah, works I can make, out. Uh, make an introduction for you. Um, it's uh, Nathan and Connor. They're really good guys. Oh, cool. Uh, for uh, for what they do, so perfect, cool. Well, next question for you then is about your own personal heroes, right? So every hero has their mentors, right? Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi Wan, who we talked about earlier. Robert mm-hmm. Kiyosaki had his rich dad, and Spider Man had his uncle Ben, right? Who were uh, who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors? Were they speakers or authors, podcasters? You mentioned Pat Flynn, yeah. Um, or were they peers who may be a couple of years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far? Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, I mentioned a couple of them. Um, you know, at the start way back in 2014, when I was getting going, um, you know, the, I'm trying to think now the name of the website. And again, it shows you how long it's been since I've been disconnected from that whole kind of some of the affiliate um, kind of niche website stuff. But that person I ran into, what he showed me early on was, and Pat showed me this too, you know, he had his income report, right? This really transparency and that thing. So, but he showed me that the online business isn't it's not all this spammy stuff, right? Because I think some people think about online marketing and when mo- online marketing is done incorrectly, it is spammy. It's, it's crap. Like nobody likes to get spammed, but when you do it right, you know, online business and marketing is a great thing, right? Because you're serving people and you're helping people. And this guy just showed me that he came out of the goodness of his heart um, and showed me how to create this whole thing for a year. He walked me through this whole process of creating uh, niche websites. And so it just taught me right away, like, okay, there's great people in this space. And then I ran into Pat and, um, you know, uh, Jamie Masters and, you know, John Lee, a lot of these people that I still kind of connect with. And I kind of always go back to Pat just because he's, 
he's the guy, the first guy, the big guy that I really connected with. And now he's, you know, obviously created this, this big, um, you know, these, this podcasting empire, you know? Um, so I kind of go back to that as an example. Um, you know, my, you know, my family, my dad, you know, I guess that you can't go, you can't go wrong there. My dad was a fly fishing guide. Right. So I grew up since I was a little kid on the river, you know, right. So I wouldn't even be here doing any of this if it wasn't for my dad teaching me about it, you know, and now with my kids, I'm doing the same thing, right. We're on the river. We were just on the river this last week. And so, I mean, obviously family is the most important thing. And, um, you know, who else? There's probably some big people that, that are out there that, that I could probably name. But, um, you know, I didn't, I noted uh, Yvonne Chouinard. I mean, that whole thing on what he's done is just, you know, inspirational. You know, I mean, think about that. He's yeah. regardless, everybody said, think about organic shirts, right? Everybody was like, or when he, when they started doing that 20, 30 years ago, they're like, organic shirts? What are you talking about? That's ridiculous. And he's like, no, this is the right thing to do. I don't care what anybody says, you know, we're going to do this. And now, right, everybody has organic shirts, you know, so, you know, definitely, you know, a big uh, person there. Um, so, yeah, I think those are the, the people that really come to my mind, you know, kind of that help me guide my thoughts. So, so just, just a thought on the whole organic shirts thing. One of the things that's, um, have you ever heard that phrase, be the change you want to see in the world? Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think a more effective method of that is to create the demand you want to see in the world mm. <laughs> um, yeah. and because it's a very entrepreneurial thing and it, like just as an example of that right so patagonia and creating the organic shirts part of that is once you create the awareness you sort of create the demand and the demand yep. goes up um, one of the best stories i think of that is if you look at um, chipotle mm. so chipotle um, when they started their business their their history is really really cool and fascinating mm. right they started i think in denver um, and they were looking at um, wanting to bring the sustainable farming and the organic oh, yeah. chicken and the other things like that to the market, but there wasn't any distribution for it. Um, and they got buy-in from McDonald's to use their distribution channels to oh, build wow. their growth for that. Um, and as they grew, right, they had a really good product. The de they, their, their demand for organic produce and organic meats and you know healthy raised meats went through the roof. And since they had the demand, they created the demand they wanted to see in the world, right? And as they got more successful, the demand for what they have became bigger, and then the supply catches up with it, right? Um, because you created the demand. And oh. so Chipotle created this huge demand for the sustainable farming um, or the, uh, hmm. the, the healthy farming practices. And now you're seeing that years later start to roll out into the availability of those types of products in Walmart grocery stores and grocery stores all over the world. Whereas 10 years ago, before Chipotle, you couldn't get a lot of that stuff because there was no demand or That's supply cool. for it. So they created the demand that they wanted to see. Yep. That is a great example. Yeah. And I was just thinking, as you're talking, I always use the, I'm not sure if this is a good comparison as well, but the, you know, the Steve Jobs, right. With the Apple or the, or even like Henry Ford with the, with the automobile, you know what I mean? These people that had this idea that, you know, they just knew it was the thing. Um, but yeah, I love that. I didn't know that about Chipotle. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah. They're worth looking into, looking into their uh, their history. One of these days, I might be able to get their founder on the show, but who knows? If anyone's exactly. listening and they know them, I'd, <laughs> I'd love to interview them on the, yeah. <laughs> on totally. the show. My next question for you then is your guiding principles, right? So one of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code. For instance, Batman never kills his enemies. He always brings them to Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up the interview, I'm going to talk about top one or two principles that you use regularly in the life. Maybe 
um, a principle you wish you'd known when you first started out on your own hero's journey? Yeah. Well, and I could, I love guiding this towards using a fly fishing analogy again, but uh, I wrote a blog post a lot back in 2015, I think, but it was about steelhead fly fishing and it was about what it takes with steelhead fly fishing because steelhead are, they call it a fish of a thousand casts. I mean, you can literally sit out there for yeah. a day without touching a fish. And I've talked to people that have done that for a whole season without touching fish. So you got to have this. So the first thing, what you have to have with steelhead fishing is you have to be passionate. And I've mentioned that before, but you got to have that passion. I mean, I've heard some people say, you know, maybe you don't, your business doesn't have to have that, but I kind of feel like passion's a requirement. And the other big thing is persistence. I mean, with podcasting, I've done an episode every week since 2017. You're right. I haven't missed a single week. And and I think, especially with podcasting, but in business as well, you've got to show up. You know, you got to show up every day or whatever that is, right? You got to show up for your people because, and especially with online marketing, because you're trying to build a relationship with people that, you know, online and they've got to know, like, and trust you, right? That that whole thing. So, and sometimes, right, it takes seven touches before they're actually going to buy your product. So again, I think it's just so critical that they realize you're there for them, right? You're, you know, you're persistent. So those are kind of the two things that I love to throw out there is, I mean, I, I call it, I'm trying to think of the other P for fly fishing because I called it the three P's, uh, persistence. Uh, I'll have to look at, I'll, I'll put a link into the blog post to find out what that is. But the, for me, for the business side of it, I think of, and passion. I think of, yeah, for the business side, I think of the persistence and passion, but let me, um, just yeah, as you, I'm gonna pull this out because just because I'm curious. So, um, so while while you look that up, the uh, the persistence one I think is such a key element, right? Um, and I tell people all the time, right? Never ever 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 give up. It's one of my favorite quotes from uh, I believe it's Churchill. Um, and you know, it's that idea that you you know people give up right before they strike gold. Um, and um, you know, with our podcast, you know, we just hit 100 episodes with the Hero Show. Um, this is gonna be episode like I don't know 102 or 103 or something like that. And it's amazing to us how how quickly the ease with which we are able to get guests to come on our show changes once you're like, hey, we've had 100 episodes live because now people are like, oh, they show up, right? Exactly. They're, they're like legitimate, right? Most um, mm -hmm. most podcasts, for instance, don't make it past the first five or 10 episodes. Nope. Um, and so, you know, once you show, you have staying power because you're showing up on a regular basis. And it's such an important thing in everything that you're doing, right? If you're raising your kids show up every day, right? Exactly. If you're building your business, show up every day, do something that pushes the ball forward, even if it's small. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've made a, made a huge deal of that in my business where it's like, Hey, if I can just push the ball forward a little bit today, that's mm -hmm. it. I'm done. I don't have any el anything else I have to do today other than push the ball yeah. forward a little bit. Yep. Um, and that, uh, um, that continued progress um, that persistence is really, I think, what pays off in growing the business. Exactly. Yeah. And I found it. So it's the four P's of successful fly fishermen, just an old blog post I wrote. But so those we, we talked about the, the other two were, were uh, patience and practice. I mean, very basic stuff, right? But with fly fishing, especially steelhead, you've got to be patient. And I think you could probably apply that to business as well, because it's not going to happen overnight. And then practice, obviously, practice, you could say that anyway. But I think practice, obviously, doing what you do, but also, um, you know, learning, always learning, always testing, trying new things, you know, you can't get stagnant in business. Otherwise, you know, that's, that's never a good thing. So, so I, yeah, what do you think? Does that, you think those yeah, four yeah. fit business as well and, as fly fishing? And I think, I think they all fit. Um, and I like, I like the idea of practice too, right? And, you know, it's one of those things that like, we, um, there's certain skills that you may or may not be good at, but you have to be good at regardless. Um, mm -hmm. So things like we talked about networking and communication and, you know, getting on and doing like interviews like this, exactly. um, being able to handle that in your business is such an important skill. And I remember 
um, I remember realizing that when I was a young kid. Um, so I was, I was probably in 10th or 11th grade. Um, I was an introvert as a kid, like didn't like talking to people and didn't want to have interactions and relationships with people. But I remember, um, really specifically, I was in a, um, in a religious, like lunch, lunch group Mm -hmm. that we got together once a week and, um, and talked about some things And the, uh, the guy who was in charge of that, um, was really impacting people's lives. He impacted my life a lot. And one of the things I noticed about him was that like, he could have a conversation with anyone. Um, and mm. I remember thinking to myself, the reason why he can impact all the people that he does is because he's willing to, you know, say hi to anyone and actually have that conversation and learn how to build relationships. And I was like, that's, that's a skill I need to have. And I need to get over this whole, I'm an introvert yep. thing. And I think a lot of people, mm. They put, they put on that I'm an introvert hat as an excuse to not get good at skills that you need to practice, right? Exactly. Um, and I have, over the years, gotten to the point where I'm really good in a social situation, right? And I get to the point now where, like, the, the difference between between someone who's an introvert and an extrovert is where you get your energy, right? Mm, and, yep. you know, I'm one of those people that if I go into a networking room and talk with a lot of people or do interviews like this all day long, I'm done. Like I'm burned out. It take it saps me of energy, which is fine. I can still do it though. Right. My, one of my best friends and business Mm -hmm. partners is the other way around, right? He's an extrovert all the way and he goes out and he gets energized by that kind of stuff. And if you get him into a networking room, by the end of the night, he wants to go and party. Totally. That's uh, it. But yeah, yeah, I I hear you practice. You have to practice at getting good at it. I'm the same way. So I think I am, I think I am more of the extrovert. I think I do get the energy from, I think if I could do these things all day long, uh, yeah, I think I would be good. I'd, I'd be good with it. And then, and then, yeah, I'd probably take it into the evening as well. So <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a good point. I love that. I love that. Uh, the, the four P's of successful business, I guess we could call it. <laughs> yeah, you could, you, it sounds like you need to rewrite the blog post for your, uh, for your new brand. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good idea. Uh, so that uh, wraps up our interview. But um, I finish every interview off with a simple challenge. I call it the hero challenge. What we do, um, we do this basically to, uh, it's a selfish thing, right? To uh, get us access to new stories that we might never find on our own. So the question is simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story on our show? Mm, man. Yeah, there's uh, there's so many. Who, who comes to mind first? I mean, you know, I think, well, I mean, the first person that comes to mind is one of my recent guests. Uh, Nick Loper, he has the Side Hustle Show, uh, Side Hustle Podcast, and he's like a, sur- a serial, uh, you know, side hustler entrepreneur, and he's built this business. You know, I mean, he's been pos- podcasting since I think 2015. But I interviewed him, and he walked through. You know, we talked about, you know, all the s- similar things we're talking about here. But you know, I think that guy just, you know, he brings it when he comes on. He's got this this. Some people call it a cult like following of his side hustlers, you know, side hustle nation and stuff. So I would recommend, I think he would be awesome for your show because the questions you ask here, I would love to hear him answer some of these questions. You know what I mean? And he's another fun fact about him is just to show you, you don't have to be some guru, you know, with all your podcasting stuff. He actually, you know, he has a full-time business with his pot, basically through his podcast and he does his show in his closet. Right. He he does because the closet is actually a good studio for sound. Right. And, and I've heard other people that, that do it in the closet. And so anyways, just a little fun fact that Nick Loper, one of the big side hustle guys online, you know, does his uh, podcast in the in the studio closet. 
So yeah, I'd shoot for him. But if you need other names of people, I, I've got a whole bunch no, of other perfect. ones. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll see if we can connect, uh, connect afterwards to get him on the show. And just as a uh, side note for all of our audience, I used to be called as a teenager closet boy at home because my computer and my desk was in the closet. Oh, awesome. A lot of uh, uh, work in the closet back when I was uh, uh, in high school. That's sweet. That is, that's a cool fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So um, in comic books, there's always the crowd after the hero saves the day who, um, who claps their hands and cheers for, for the person who, you know, who, who saved the day for the hero. Um, and so as we close, what I want to know is where people can find you if they want either your help in the future, or if they want to, you know, light up the bat signal, so to speak, and, you know, listen to your podcast, yeah. um, or hire you for your services. Um, and so I want to find out where that is. And then more importantly, who are the right types of people to sort of reach out and say, Hey, you know what, I would really like to, uh, to either hear from Dave or maybe yeah. Your yeah. So just go to outdoorsonline.co slash hero and I'll, and I'll have a page there. I'll, I'll put together a page where they can have uh, some of the links and things we talked about. And that's outdoors with an S outdoorsonline.co slash hero. And I'll have a link where they can get in touch with me. So for me, I think anybody that's interested in, you know, starting a podcast, um, if they need help with editing, if they need any help to get going, I mean, obviously, you know, if they have a fly fishing business, outdoor company, that, that really hits home. But you know, the guests I've had on, if you look at my past guests, I've had everybody from Instagram experts to bloggers to, um, you know, somebody talking about virtual assistants um, and a lot of podcasting experts, um, a, a person talked about masterminds. So, you know, if you're interested in online marketing and learning from some of the best, you know, out there, then I think I can help you. I think some of the guests I've had on can help you. And so, yeah, that's, that's where I'd send them. Awesome. So thank you very much for coming on the show today. It has been a pleasure speaking with you do you have any final uh, words of wisdom before we hit this uh, stop record button uh not much other than um you know like we said show up every day and and you'll get there it takes time but you'll get there yeah absolutely i always tell uh, tell tell people you uh vastly overestimate what you can accomplish in a year and vastly underestimate what you can accomplish in 10. nice <laughs> thanks richard again thank you for coming on dave all right see ya